Welcome to 7 Days to Play, your almost weekly mobile game review program. I'm Edwin. And I'm Sam. And for the past seven days, I have... Well... Give or take. Give or take. Who's counting? I told Edwin to play Sky, Children of Light. Children of Light. One thing I have learned from this whole experience, sound is more than half the experience. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that's a little better than... Headphones ex- on. Experience is better with headphones. Or just an illustration of headphones. Sky Children of Light mm-hmm. is the latest game from that game company. Right, is called that game company. Or one word. One word, lowercase. Lowercase, all lowercase, with a very dramatic hand. I feel like that logo. name is not going to age well. Uh, it's been around for more than 10 years now. Yeah, still hasn't aged well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that game company, what game company? You know, the game company. <laughs> Yes, it's like a whole Abbott and Costello routine. So this game is exclusive for the iOS. Have they released they should release a game called This Game? Uh, no, they have not. There you go. That game company, you can have that idea for free. <laughs> you can see the press release from that game company. However, this game. that game company is already pretty renowned in the gaming circles. They have first... Uh, one of their big exclusive games came out for, I believe, the PS2 called Flower or sorry, PS3 called Flower. Um, Before that, I think there was a game called Flow for the PS2, which you were like a single cell organism making its way through life, uh, collecting little things to eat. Um, After... The tiny mouth. After... (laughs) After Flower came, uh, I believe, Journey. Journey. That's one I've heard of. Yeah. Journey is just I don't a really know much about it. beautiful game where uh, you're sort of, you know, skirting around on the sand dunes, uh, possibly even flying at some points. Um, much, very Ooh. similar to what you might see in Sky. Um, but it sort of started this very emotionally driven, music, musically accompanied um, game that's about like discovery and, you know, unknown worlds being very sort of uh, the level itself. Like, you know, like the whole atmosphere is just the game and you sort of take it all in. Right. It's like a very uh, conceptual... You, yeah, like everything from the ground up is all very sort of like, oh, this is the theme and this is the feelings and it's very carefully planned out and a lot of attention to detail. Right. And Sky sort of follows that, um, but made on the mobile experience. So one thing that you do get less is the bigger screen that sort of immerses you in. But I still think um, they've done a pretty good job in sort of getting that feeling of exploration and discovery and, you know, wonder that's in these mm, games. Yeah, there's only one you to feel that. <laughs> um, so in Sky, you are Guy? a boy or a girl. You can choose. And you have, you start off with... So the only gender options? That's a a shame. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like nondescript as well. So technically they could, I mean, there are no like features like boobs or anything (laughs) that really separates you. Uh, It's mainly defined by like hairstyle. See what the bad, the bad, bad three is going to be. No boobs. No, that's the complete antithesis of what they're trying to go for in this game. Right. And uh, you start off and it teaches you like how to jump. It teaches you how to skirt around on the the dunes and it teaches you how to fly, essentially, like making big leaps to fly around. But before that, you get the story. Mm. 
something something stars were lighting the sky and then they fell and then something the light something was lost they lost and it. now the, the children have to rediscover the light in order to set a pathway for generations to come oh boy something like that but it <laughs> this was was where i haven't encountered my first problem <laughs> but i mean like was it too heavy-handed no but i just wanted to skip it mm. and i think we just ran into that problem of mm, not a problem but things we've seen before of oh, you have to see it again if you don't fully complete the whole thing the first time. Oh, I see. Which, I mean, I kind of understand, but at the same time, as someone who just wants to get on and play the game, uh, I started up and I quickly realized, oh boy, I need five or ten minutes to get through this. I'll right. come back to it later. And then, right, because you probably oh, quit out of it before that whole introduction <laughs> oh, was <absolutely>. finished. Yes. <laughs> um, there wasn't a way to skip it. Like, there's no tap to skip. I thought that was that I available. I could find, but... Hmm. That's odd. Uh, but yeah, so you kind of go through it. I was immediately drawn in because the music just swelled in my ears. And I don't think it was that long. Maybe like two, three minutes real time. True. <laughs> it's not that long. <laughs> I think it was just too long for me. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, was, it was... Normal people, this is totally fine. Right. <laughs> You're not a normal person, as we've established. Uh and and the game then proceeds into really having not too many tutorials. There might be some little floaty bits about like, hey, you know, you should tap on this icon. But what I really appreciated was the lack of English, the lack of, um, you know, really direct instructions on how to proceed. There were some in like giving you an instance of like, hey, you should tap on this to like, you know, use your signal to like make friends and you should you should go to this location to start the next thing, um, and those are like nice little, usually like iconography that followed. But overall, like it wasn't like, hey, let's stop the game right here. Let me give you this instructional overlay to do this, <laughs> and then proceed to talk to this person. What so. was that zombie game we played? Oh, the the Ares virus. Ares virus, yes, is the one that springs to mind. That's uh perhaps a little heavy-handed with their text tutorials. Very heavy-handed. It also sets you back in time as a flashback for a tutorial, which I did not appreciate. <laughs> but back to Sky, Children of Light. There's a. I was still confused about the wings power-up. Like you, mm. When you fly, you use up energy, but then you collect light to replenish energy, something like that, I think. Yeah. But then you also, there's a red dot that you tap that does something. Right, so I think this is kind of the charm of the game for me is that a lot of these things aren't really that clearly defined. Right. Uh, and you sort of have to figure it out and get a feel for it. So from my understanding, the dots on your cape represents two things. It represents your level. And it also represents the amount of, I guess, jump that you have or flight that you have. Uh, the more of these dots that you have, it, I, my understanding is that it actually makes you fly a little higher uh, and longer. So initially, you kind of start off with like hops that kind of allow you to glide through the air, but soon your jumps get stronger and you can actually reach the clouds. Oh boy. Save the stars and capture their light for future generations. <laughs> um, and so the main point of the game is for you to go around and um, free spirits <laughs> that have been entrapped in this land. So initially, you start off with an access you're sort of in this like island hub where there are doorways in front of you. And you know that there are, are possibilities of like 
multiple doorways opening, but it starts you off with one doorway and that's sort of like your introduction level. And you go into the doorway and that's the first world. It's like Valley of something. And it's like this nice, beautiful greenery hillside, absolutely gorgeous land where you're kind of free to like just roam around and hop around um, for as long as you want, really. And then ultimately you find kind of what looks like a ghost, like a spirit. And when you approach it, it sort of animates and then leaves a trail for you to follow. And then you got to see, you got to sort of interpret the story that's being told by the notion, by like the the gestures of the ghost. Uh, And so you follow it and you get the story of like what's happening. And then ultimately when you follow the spirit to a certain point, uh, you see like almost uh, an entrapped statue in place. And then you light your candle and that unleashes uh, the the spirits within. And once that happens, it teaches you how to do an emotional, like a, like an emote, like a gesture, right? Which Picture is dance seven. Exactly. <laughs> Orange justice. And, um, and I think this is sort of the way that it's uh, marking that you finished a chapter by learning more of these emotions. And I thought, um, and I thought that was kind of clever in a way because then you can use these emotions or like these emotes to signal to the people that are playing around you in this multiplayer game, uh, different things that you can like. So I think the first one that you learn is like a point, you, you know, you're gesturing, pointing forward. And then, so in this first level, when you do, when you do come across like other people, first of all, they sort of appear as like this hazy, uh, avatar, but then when you get close to them, there's this little symbol of like, hey, let's let's touch our candles together. <laughs> Just a tip. <laughs> and then when you do that, and then the person, the other person either agrees to do that as well, you can then see each other in like this fully fleshed out form. And then you can do these emotes. So that's sort of like the social nature of the game. I think there's a I little bit. I didn't know it was, sorry to cut in, but I didn't know it was multiplayer. Right. That's like something that's kind of hidden away from you because I, my understanding is after the tutorial, then that's when you get to the multiplayer part of it. Right. So it's all sort of embedded within the gameplay and it's uh, it feels nicely passive in a way. Like it doesn't require you to really interact with the other players. I think there are certain things that you can enjoy playing together. Like so at one point um, I became friends with like this rando and we started being a fellow child of the light. <laughs> right. That sounds creepy. But we started flying around together and started doing sort of the, the level together. And I thought that was kind of interesting yeah. um, in that you can follow them along or like they can follow you along. Right. And There's might- no communication or rather you can only communicate through these limited set of gestures. Right. You don't get to see their terrible username mm-hmm. or voice chat or text chat or anything else like that. Exactly. Which is a really interesting... Um, and you can kind of get the sense of what level they're on by seeing how many dots there are on the cape. Cape dots. Yeah. So, you know, there's someone showboating with like five dots in the, in the right. beginning area. And you're like, okay, yeah, this is, this is that, that type of person. But yeah, so you go around and the whole point of view is for you to discover like these new lands, open them up and release all the spirits. Um, Save the light and get the stars, something, something. Yes. <laughs> Become the children. <laughs> Of light. So, Edwin, mm-hmm. uh, I'm afraid to ask. Uh huh. But how far did you get in the game? I read an interview that was very delightful and described the whole multiplayer 
aspect kind of as you did like the joy of finding other people and then just having these sort of limited interactions but then kind of finding little friends that you go play certain parts with um but i didn't actually get to that part because the <laughs> tutorial uh bit is just the sort of bits where you're on rails you just run down this corridor run over here do this um which wait you yeah, didn't, didn't get finish. through the tutorial <laughs> i didn't get because i'm a i'm not a professional games reviewer uh yeah this game kind of bounced off me i should have tried harder i would admit but, <laughs> mm. oh man you missed out i feel like you missed out on some beautiful aspects of this game yeah uh i think me- i'm okay with that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes i mean there was some great touches like your footsteps echo when you're in a cave good i think that whole tutorial is yeah. of you in a cave <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I was not captivated by this game. So, to no one's surprise, I think. Right. But I mean, I, I kind of should have tried harder. I kind of knew that this would not be your cup of tea, but you know, I'm going to try and try again because I want you to appreciate games as an art form. Yeah. Hopefully one day. Yeah, yeah this is, I mean, I think it's just, I mean, not to cut too close, not to jump too much to the three by threes, but like, this is the great thing about this is this is an amazing console game on your phone. But for me, the downside is this is an amazing console game on your phone. Right. <laughs> and I'm generally just not a console. I'm not looking for these big epic games on a phone. Right. I and think. yeah, and I think this is the aspect where I felt like this game attempted to split that up in some way, mm. right? Where it was like a, a pocket experience that you can enjoy. But once you sort of like dug into it, it gave you like this sense of uh, wonder and, you know, like... Uh, fictional mythology yeah that's like filled with uh delightful moments but yeah like uh for me um this is this kind of strikes the right balance of casual and yet i can really dig into it Mm. like yeah you know the aspect of the the really beautiful scenery helps in that notion but i think the ability for you to really not save and just leave off where you were, and it sort of picks up like where you left off when you play it again. Right, there's no sort of time-critical actions you need to take. Exactly. Like, once you get past that initial (laughs) five minutes of, like, introduction and um, tutorials, like, I feel it's it's a really easy game to sort of dip in and out of. Right, but, like, there was still this aspect for me, and this is, like, my, my personal issues, where if it's a really beautiful game, like I feel like I, it needs my full attention. Mm. And I kept looking out for moments where I can have my, where this game can have my undivided attention because I wanted to experience things for a longer period of time, which isn't usually the case for mobile games. Mobile games, you're just able to like, you know, turn it on, select the dots that you want to get rid of, <laughs> and then turn it back off. Yeah, you're right. And like and the situations that you use your phone aren't really conducive for long uninterrupted sessions of gaming. Right. And the other aspect of this that was kind of uh a downer was that it did require you to be online. Yeah. Yeah. I guess but at least understandably so. Mm-hmm. He's looking at you, Dr. Mario. <laughs> so, uh should we say how far we well, we know how far you got. <laughs> A shame. <laughs> I am shame. I, I should have done better. I think uh, I've reached the the fifth or sixth world. How many dots upon your cape do you have? Four. Oh, yeah, close to five. 
So it gets a little harder as you progress. Like initially, you just need to free one spirit uh, in order for you to get that first dot. And then I think after that, it's like two dots. Oh, <laughs> you need to get two spirits in order to get two dots. And then it becomes like five and then 10 and then 20. So I think I'm in the part where I'm between 10 and 20. That might be five, four or five. Yeah, something like that. Right. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, overall, really enjoying this game. But let's get to the three by threes. I might just have one by one, but okay. <laughs> I'll start us off. Um, this it's game a is a really ab- beautiful game. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but not only that, like I kind of want to mention like how beautiful this game is. You know, like some games, uh, you take a look at something, and you know, because we we played a lot of games now, like we kind of understand the I've technology behind it like oh this is just a sprite or like this is a 3d thing that they're rendering in this way you know they're using this engine but this game with like the cloud effects like it really made me wonder like how are they doing this it's like you get to this part of the phase and it's like the first time you're actually really flying high and there are just clouds everywhere just rendered absolutely beautifully and they're all moving and it's all fluid oh and you fly through like tunnels of clouds with like light shining through and you see like a mountain in the distance and you're just like sort of dumbfounded, like how absolutely gorgeous this game is. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's, it made me wonder again, like it, it gave me that like childish wonder of like, how are they doing this? Like, what's going on? Uh, yeah, so I was very glad that I was able to get those moments from this game. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> My second good point. Um, very few games allow you to really explore and feel like you're still making progress at the same time. Uh, this game and other games from that game company really does this in a good way where, you know, you're just like meandering, but like enjoying the scenery, enjoying the environment. But then even doing that feels like you're still uh, validly enjoying the game. Other games like GTA V or open world games you know, it does have these moments of exploration where you're like going around, but ultimately like that doesn't feel productive. Right. There's still missions to do. Or exactly. To get. Yeah. And with this game, just a sense of exploration actually benefits you in some way because you might find the hidden spirit that's tucked away in a corner, you know, that are extra spirits that you can get, but allowing you to do that sort of made it feel all worthwhile. Yeah. This is a free to play game, um, but there is some monetization. Sam, how did you find the monetization um it really wasn't a problem so that never really got in the way i think really you use the monetization for you to buy candles uh which are like their in-game currency but you can also achieve more candles as you play more of it by getting it's it's essentially like the xp Mm -hmm. um and you use the candles to buy more emotes or like to level up your emotes so uh i really didn't feel like a need to during my whole experience with it um, but yeah, it's there and I'm glad that it's there. Yeah. But such a beautiful game is interesting that, I don't know, I suppose I would have expected there to be an upfront cost. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, we'll see how this turns out for them because I feel maybe they could have been a little bit stronger with it, but I think their sense of making it free was to allow for like these social things to happen. Right. right you, yes, you kind of want to, for these multiplayer games, you need as many people playing as possible. Mm. Uh, yeah. My last good point, the music. It's really wonderful. Um, I think normally 
with even mobile games, like, you know, you kind of get like the, the discount version of the soundtracks where we just want this music to sound like the Avengers or we want this music to sound like the, the latest um, military movie. And with this, it just felt so unique to the entire experience. And it wasn't just like a soundtrack playing over and over again. It really matched what you're doing within the game. So if you're like flying high, you know, you got these like amazing crescendos that followed along with you. Um, and then when you got to like the more uh, like gloomy looking levels, like the music sort of quieted down and like the sound effects sort of took over. Uh, it was just really well done. And your footsteps echo in caves. <laughs> Drawing on that one experience. Yep. <laughs> Uh, on to the bad points, Edwin. I'll let you start this oh, off. Oh, well, it is a console game on your phone. Which just means that it's... For me, it's difficult to find console levels of attention and time upon my phone, Right, I think. And it is a stunning game. It, oh, it just felt a little bit like it... I mean, it feels like it was trying a little hard. Yeah, I, I think, think if I'm... Again, I I don't think I'm a common case, but there's something about it from the beginning. It's just like, oh, it's like it's all very serious. Or like it takes, I don't know how to, how to phrase it. Like it's so beautiful and so detail-oriented and like so polished that it just comes across as a little cold or I was a little bit turned off by it. Mm. Which I know doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but there it is. I think I think there's something to that. Like I feel it is trying to get you into a mood. Yeah. I think yeah. from my experience with you, Edwin. <laughs> <laughs> Low these long six years. You don't like it when people put you in a emotional corridor. <laughs> when when forms of entertainment puts you in an emotional corridor is that is not what you like. They have to earn it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Which I is, think I, I should have given it more time for it to earn it. But I think I think I there's something there where, like, you know, uh, immediately from the start, like, there is something about it um, that directs you into like the sense of feel, right? Uh, I'm a sucker for these kind of things. You know, I am I am very emotionally flippant, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I'm a sucker for these things, and it just draws me right in. And if you want, if you want to see if your movie makes me cry, I'm like the perfect person for it. <laughs> Okay, Sam, any other last bad points before yeah. we reveal the seven-day rating? So my, I have a couple. Um, so it is quite buggy. So there are, there are parts of the games where it requires you to watch this cutscene uh, that explains sort of like what's happening as you finish these levels. And sometimes these things don't kick off until there are like two or three people that are sat around you in this like ending moment. I think if you're just alone in that moment, it sort of starts it off. But if there are people that are around you, it waits for the right time. The other people, I don't know. It's really weird. So I think it's like all of us get to see it at the same time. It's strange. But there are moments where that kind of did a hiccup. And I would either be watching the cutscene sort of halfway through because other people were already viewing it in some way. Or I would sit through the first cutscene and then it would immediately put me into that same cutscene again from the beginning, and I wouldn't be able to skip it. Yeah. This is where like the social element kind of messes up the, the single-player experience, um, but I felt like that kind of drew me out, and I don't know. It's just bugs. 
Um, second, uh, this gameplay could be confusing for a lot of people because it is kind of exploratory and missionless. So I can see where people could be turned off by, you know, not knowing where to go, not knowing really what to do. But overall, if you look carefully and you look at the map or, or like the 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 location the you're child. in, yeah, usually there's something that guides you, like a little point of light or you know a lens flare or something like that. <laughs> we can find J.J. Abrams at the end of. Hi, welcome to my room. It's a mystery box. <laughs> Sam, what is your final seven day rating? Seven day rating is six out of seven. Ooh, flying high. Flying high. Yeah, I really enjoyed this game. I think um, I'm going to continue to play more of it. Um, I took like a day off just because of the nature of it requiring my attention, oh. right? I thought you were going to say I took a day off work to play this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but other than that, like it's, it's, it's just absolutely beautiful. It reminds me of other games like Ico or uh, Shadow of the Colossus where it, there isn't a lot of things obstructing the screen. Um, things tuck away very nicely and it just allows you to enjoy the scenery and the atmosphere that this game has built for you. Uh, swooping low. It's a two days for me. <laughs> well, one, two, one or two days. Yeah. I really, I will pledge that I will get past the tutorial. I need to actually experience this game. It is a beautiful game. Uh, I think potentially for me, it is a, it's a, it's a game of the year. Ooh, contender. Game of the year contender. Mm, never um, too early to start thinking about those. But yeah, like I've absolutely enjoyed my moments with this game. Every time like I'm, I end up taking screenshots, which is available within the game itself, which is very interesting. Like you can take, uh, there's a nice little interface for you, allows you to take UI-less screenshots and UI-less video, which is amazing. Mm. Yep, great for sharing on your social channels. <laughs> Doing some marketing for them. All right, speaking of beautiful games, Sam, I have, a, I have one for you. Sam, you have seven days to play Doom 2. Mmm, a classic. From Bethesda, who I don't remember re- releasing the original Doom, but so there you go. So it's id Software. Um, id Software got bought by Bethesda. Uh, Bethesda. Bethesda. Celebrate Doom's 25th anniversary. Oh boy, 25 years. Did you play Doom 2 when it came out? Oh you yeah. I'm talking to you. Yeah. On my okay. Pentium. Pentium Pro. <laughs> my Pentium Pro. With that turbo button always pushed in. With my 28 modem. Uh, yeah, connecting to my friend's computer via IP address. BGA graphics. Uh, it is the 25th anniversary with, and celebrated with the re-release of Doom 2, this beloved sequel to the groundbreaking Doom. Gave players the brutal super shotgun to bear mm. against deadlier demons. God, this is... Ugh, I really want to give a copy of pass on this. Uh, and the infamous boss, the Icon of Sin. <laughs> uh, the re-release of Doom includes the master levels, 20 additional levels made by the community and supervised by the developers. I wonder how much supervision that was. That looked, oh, yeah, do it. Uh, to save Earth, you must descend to the depths of hell, survive demon hordes, and take part in the fiercest battle ever. 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 Yeah. All with 2D graphics. Masquerading yeah. as 3D graphics. Actually, I think this this is the first iteration of a 3D engine, or like one of the first few iterations of a 3D engine in a game. Yes, yeah. Uh, like, it's funny because you can see that like, the sprites are actually 2D because they always face you the same way as right. you walk around them and things like that. But it's a, it's yeah. a, um, I think it's called billboarding. Mm, okay. Where no matter what direction you're in, it's all this 
really doing is referencing that point from you. And that point is always facing towards you with that billboarded image. So, yeah. But yeah, very cool. Um, I know a lot about this game because I read this one book. Uh, the Depths of Doom. I forget what That's it was. What it was like... Um, oh, it was, it was a book about like the creation of Doom or like the creation of id Software. It was a really good book. Uh, sort of handles the history of like how how id Software got started. You know what they did to actually get this game out. Like what the games were created before that gave them the knowledge to create this game, and then ultimately like what happened with Quake and then Quake Two and all that stuff. It's it's just a really good sort of, uh, I guess that time biography of John Carmack and John Romero, which are the the lead to I guess co founders of id Software. Come back next week for Sam's oral essay on the history <laughs> of id Software. Doom 2 available now on the iOS App Store for $4.99. Great. Uh, I want to see how this handles on the iPhone because, you know, this was a strictly keyboard and mouse game for me. Right. This was in the old days where it wasn't even a mouse, right? It was right. just the arrow keys. Oh, that's right. That's how games should be played, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Once you got the mouse going... Um, that was a whole new level of multiplayer. Right, because that's the confusing thing, because now everyone uses the WASD keys, which yep. is your left hand, whereas I grew up right hand on the arrow keys, because that's how you move. Yep. Oh, I have so much adaptation to do to this modern world. I know, you got to get with it, because we got to play some PUBG. Yes, we do. <laughs> Before we go, Edwin, things of the week. I have not one, but two podcast recommendations for you, because mm. I had to do something while I was not playing Child Children of the Sky. <laughs> Child of Sky. Sky Children. Sky Child Childrens. Uh, these are not new podcasts. These are kind of things I had in the backlog and I've been meaning to get to. So not playing mobile games without giving me that chance to do <laughs> right. this. Yeah. I'm glad that this allowed you to reflect on your <laughs> yeah. podcast backlog and take a dip. Yeah. Both of these are documentaries, actually. So uh, I was being educated. First up, The Dream. I think we may have talked about this before. I can't quite remember. This is a dive into multi-level marketing. Kind of your Herbalife, oh, um, those kind of companies, Ponzi schemes. Well, as you will hear, they are very clear to say, as they would all say, pyramid schemes are illegal, and this is not a pyramid scheme. Right? And there's a whole bunch of fascinating back backstory and history about how we got to this, how Amway in the 70s uh, managed to win a, a case against the the uh, Federal Trade Commission, and that kind of set the precedent for whole slew of um of multi-level marketing businesses to rise up right there seems to be a ton of them right now like right with social media as suddenly the advent of that has now meant that there's been renewed interest in it uh it's fascinating yes uh it is i think it came out last year but that is well i think it's like a 10 episode 10 episode series that is very eye-opening and i enjoyed it a lot cool. what is it called again the dream the dream the dream and while you're listening to that, also listen to You Must Remember This, mm. which is a podcast that has uh, sort of delves into the history of Hollywood. Uh, they do sort of a bunch of mini seasons. Um, I am working my way through the 12 episode Charles Manson history. Mm. And Light kind of, listening. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, it's a, what a wonderful breezy topic that is. Uh, but with, you know, the release of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I suddenly realized I didn't really know anything other than like the name right 
and like something, something murder something. Mm. I don't know. So this was very, very well researched. It has a certain charm to it. It's, um, it's very interesting. You can like, you can hear the narration. You know, sometimes if you kind of, for like the really glossy NPR shows, right. you kind of, you don't really even hear the narration. It's all like, oh, you're just going to go with it. Here, you kind of hear the narration working a little harder oh, than I see. Uh, perhaps some other shows, which I think kind of adds to the charm a little bit. Oh, interesting. Soundtrack is a little bit like your useless flatmate's stoner boyfriend noodling a guitar in the corner endlessly. <laughs> so there's some questionable music choices. Uh, also, the reenactments. I could probably do without. Oh, no. But other than that, those things aside, it is still very well researched, um, very fascinating, and on the whole, I'm enjoying it. I'm trying to think of those awkward reenactment scenes and like those police shows that they used to do. Right. Luckily, it's not, uh, it's not like they reenact a whole scene. It's just sort of a sentence here and there. Gotcha. Where they try and get like Roman someone to sound like Roman Polanski to say something. Oh no. But he sounds French. <laughs> and I really want to see what Roman Polanski actually sounds like. Cause he's Polish. I'm like, well, yeah, does that person not really sound Polish, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it gets the point across. He's, yes. It gets the point across. These are stylistic choices. Uh, it's a 12 episode miniseries. It's a few years ago. So you may have to scroll a ways back in your podcast catcher of choice. But, mm. uh, yeah, these have both been very educational and enjoyable. The dream and, you must remember this. Well, cool. Um, I'm going to be recommending something that is my thing of the week that is not educational. Right. Uh, I have rewatched uh, Avengers Endgame that has now come back on digital. Parts one and two? Uh, well, Endgame is just Endgame itself. You're thinking about Infinity War. Oh. What? So Infinity <laughs> War is the first part of the last, you know. Right. There was Infinity War and then there's Avengers Endgame. Oh, yeah. Oh, at one point it's going to be Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2? Or am yeah, I just I misremembering think, I think, that? Okay. I think that was oh. the initial idea. Mm, okay. But they just made it into two separate things that sort of stands on its own. Right. Um, but yeah, I watched it again. I really enjoyed it when I watched it in the theater. Watched it again on digital. It's still really, really good. I do love the story of people watching Infinity War and not realizing it's a two-parter. Right. <laughs> so it just stops in the middle. They're like, what the hell is this? Yep. Yep. That's a bad note to end on. Yeah. Uh, but also like solid movie. Like I really enjoyed Infinity War. But yeah, uh, Endgame's very, very good. Very emotional. Mm. Um, aye, aye, aye. <laughs> Look at the daughter. Look so at her. I cried four times while watching it in the theater. Uh, and this time around, I, only, I think I only like teared up like three times. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Good. Making nice. improvements. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, the good thing about this is it sort of has, um, I bought the digital version with bonus features. Which is a really strange way of delivering it because you suddenly get like a six hour file, right? Right. If you could to rewatch the behind the scenes or so, the director's commentary. Yeah, which is exactly. just a funny quirk of uh, digital services now. I know. And it's really silly because I kind of want it to just be a smaller file <laughs> right. with different audio tracks because... One of the benefits about these bonus features is to watch it with the commentary on. And they already have like the different audio channels. Like, I don't know why they don't just say, here are the director commentary. Like, I don't know. Um, Yeah, having to go through that entire movie and then like discovering that there is a commentary version of the movie in full afterwards 
is very troublesome because like these things don't have chapters. Like you can't forward to the chapter where the the commentary movie starts. So no. pretty annoying. But yes. commentary is very good. Um, the Russo brothers. It is the Russo brothers uh, providing context and behind the scenes knowledge of how they shot things. It's very good. But I always find that the I usually find that the commentary is often more interesting than the movie, which I feel no. About. I totally agree. Like that's what I used to do. So I used to have a laser disc player. Mm-hmm. Nice. And laser disc players usually came with like the DVD commentaries or like the I mean the uh-huh. commentaries, <laughs> the laser disc commentaries. Um, and I think that's where my first love of podcasting sort of was born, <laughs> right? Because I'd be getting so much context and information from the the, the directors. And sometimes the actors actually talking about like their scenes in the movies. Um, I found that to be a lot more enjoyable. I used to record them on cassette mm. and listen to them. Right. Um, which is pretty much a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken the director's commentary and turned it into a podcast. Right. Yeah, I might rewatch it. Maybe. Yeah. Have you watched it? I have. I was really late to it, but I avoided any spoilers. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Um, very good. Yeah. Little bonus thing of the week. Tool back catalog is now available on Spotify. I'm very excited by that. I have uh, I've listened to oh, the playlist. I mean the playlist. Adrian's suggestions of where to start with Tool. How was it, Sam? It was good. Um, I, Not good. I, I don't think I really realized that Tool was prog metal. They blur boundaries a little bit, but right. I, they are certainly pretty proggy and wacky. I think there's like a, a Venn diagram of people who listen to Tool and people who listen to Fish. Oh boy. <laughs> that might be a pretty big cross section. <laughs> I'm happy to say I am not in that cross section. <laughs> You're strictly in the fish section. <laughs> How did you know? But yeah, I feel oh, there, there, theory. there are certain qualities of it. And you know, like with any prog metal, I feel like there are lots of similarities in terms of like cadence and music to that compares itself to classical music. Yes. With like, yeah. uh, I don't know what to call it. Like the, the beats and stuff. Yeah, um, and some of the scales they use, Gregorian chanting-y kind of style things they have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's opening me up back to that again, which is great. So thank you for that. And we'll link the playlist in the show notes. Heck yeah. Let's do it. That's our show. Sam, you have seven days to play Doom 2. Doom The Rise two. of Doom. Wasn't it great when they didn't used to have a need to have a subtitle for sequels? Yeah. I mean... Doom 2. Doom 2, that's it. This Done. is the second one. Yeah. Doom 2. What more do you want? <laughs> That's the subtitle. Uh, follow us and play along with us. Play along Doom 2. If you haven't played Doom 2 before, this might be the perfect opportunity to play it. Or it might not be. Find out next week. Also, check out Sky, because it's free, and you should check it out. Yes. And set aside more than two minutes to play it, unlike <laughs> Edwin did. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 7 Days to Play. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 7 Days to Play. Seven days to play.